Well, hello everybody. Welcome to Sonic Talk, episode uh, 763, recorded today on the 19th of July. I had a couple of weeks off, been back, uh, well, I think I got back last week, uh, went to uh, Croatia, which is a wonderful country, never been there before. Very, um, very Mediterranean, lots of lovely places, to, and, and really... I know because I've been to Greece before and there's lots of rocks in Greece and you always get very disappointed because it's quite hard to get to the water. You never remember to bring like swimming shoes and stuff. But there, basically every place there's a place to get to the water, they put in like swimming pool uh, steps so you could just jump in anywhere. It's really... So yeah, actually, because I, I, I'm normally quite chicken when it comes to going in the sea and I spent a lot of time in the sea just cooling off. It was very nice. And uh, so I went to Split, Dubrovnik and Korchula and... Um, I can thoroughly recommend it. But this isn't really a holiday reminiscence show. This is the Sonic Talk podcast where we talk about all things to do with music technology and uh, synthesizers, drum machines, uh, the production and the tech behind all of these things, distribution, basically anything that kind of fits the bill when it comes to music creation and whatnot. And, um, and you know, it's great to see everybody in the chat room. Nice to see a bunch of familiar faces. Jack, Nick Howes, uh, Matt Brown, Billy Bart Cody, and also Wagyu, of course. Wagyu has very kindly uh, uh, taken on the mantle of um, admin for the chat, keeps uh, keeps some of the riffraff out, but also is uh, heavily involved in a lot of the stuff behind the scenes to make this wonderful chat system work. Thank you very much to you, Wagyu. Very much appreciated. Yes, indeed, back for the show. In fact, we've got, uh, for those of you who might be in a position and interested, uh, we do have a spare sponsor slot. Um, We've now just down to one, our, our friends at Isotope, but uh, if anybody's interested, just get in touch with us and I'm sure we could work something out. Or, or if not, don't. <laughs> That's fine. Anyway, um, we've got a guest this week. Um, as I say, summer is quiet, people are on tour, people are on holiday, people are looking after their kids, all that sort of stuff. So I'd like to welcome Mr. Yoad Nevo, who's there in uh, Nevo Sound, in his uh, marvellous air-conditioned studio, which as the world burns uh, everywhere, it must be a great comfort to you, Yoad. How are you? It is indeed. I'm great, thanks. And always good to be here. Yeah, well, it's nice to have you. I don't know if you... Uh, are you are you busy working or uh, are you kind of uh, taking your foot off the gas for the summer months? Um, I'm trying to do as much as I can. Um, and then, you know, there's family. Um, so we're going we're gonna to travel a bit and be here a bit um but there are things to do so even yeah. when i'm on holiday i usually actually i never not taken a laptop and kind of worked as well uh, i don't know what it's like even so um <laughs> but but it, you know but it's in in moderation and it's good because uh it allows me to Obviously, with with my daughter, it's it's kind of school holiday related mostly, but uh, it allows me to to just go with my partner Melissa occasionally and keep working kind of thing. So it's not like designated holidays only, ah. but that means that during the official holiday time, I have to to continue working. So it's kind of you know. Uh, yeah, I suppose the flexibility of remoteness means that you can, you can, you can do more of that, more travelling and more working away. But you know, it just means you, you, those are short, perhaps a little shorter days, or you do it in siesta time or whenever. Yeah, I can, I can, uh, yeah, I can absolutely. kind of. I was thinking that one of the places we stayed in um, 
in uh, um, in Croatia, in Dubrovnik, had really fast broadband. So I was in this kind of Venetian <laughs> of apartment right on the square in Old Town Dubrovnik, which is uh, one of the most incredibly incredible um, cities I think I've ever seen. I mean, I know a lot of it was rebuilt, but they've done an amazing job of it. And I just thought I could actually work it. I just need to take my lap. I could have done a show from there. I don't think it would have gone down very well. Um, and also, I think the thing is, is it, it, you forget sometimes when you're not working, the level of heat you're experiencing is okay. But when you start working and your brain starts yeah. working, then you just you're going a little bit hotter, and it's like you you just don't have that level of air conditioning and stuff that enables you to to not completely melt down. So I don't know whether yeah. I'd be able to do that, but I'm I'm certainly willing to give it a try. But um, I don't think it would have gone down very well because it was just me and my partner Jane who went away, and I think if she, if I'd left her to you know I'm going to work now, and yeah, also I mean, carrying uh, that I'm stuff around is a is a drag. Sorry. Uh, totally unrelated, but one of the reasons that our brains as a species got so big is to allow us to run for four hours after zebras in the desert and savannah and all that. So uh, I think we, we can take a lot of heat and our brain still can function. Um, but it's, yeah, you, you need to be in a nice uh, chilled place at least in in the hotel or wherever wherever you stay but i mean as a as a matter of habit i always the first thing i do when i come to any new place is to check the internet speed and uh, <laughs> and make sure that i'm online and dropbox is synced and everything and then i can really relax uh, but, uh, that yeah, is I so mean, funny. Yeah. I, I found I was doing that myself, even though I didn't really need to. I mean, I, fortunately, uh, well, just before we went away, one of our, the, our, the main Sonic uh, web server just sort of balked and I had to rebuild it like two days before I was about to travel, which was a drama. I mean, the whole process of going away is a drama. I mean, I, my daughter was supposed to be traveling with a friend. And we were we were flying at sort of six o'clock in the morning, which meant we had to leave really early. And at eight thirty the previous night, her friend said, "I can't find my passport." So we had this massive oh, no. drama of her. So she ended up uh, asking another friend who came, and then they went with them to uh, split where we first went. And um, we just happened to be both going to the same place, so she had a holiday with a, a friend. And then her, nice. the original friend said, "I found it. I'm on my way." And it's like, "No, you can't now because this is only a two." But it's just oh, it was so so much drama. It didn't yeah. he still didn't manage to avoid it? That's more for you to come, I well, think. I, mean, I think your daughter's quite there. Problems, yeah. Isn't it? yeah, it is. It is. Anyway, I, I suppose um, um, holidays. I, I suppose the reason I'm going on about it so much is because I, I haven't been away for a while, and it felt uh, it just felt really quite good. And I think you should, if you can, at least to take time out, do something different, go somewhere else. Although uh, in Europe at the moment, the heat is so astonishing. I think. Uh, a friend, uh, Peter Grenada, who used to run uh, one of the modulation, uh, one of the mod modular uh, racks, modular manufacturers, I forget what they were called now. He was saying that there was a recently posted, there was some part in, I think it's the Middle East, where it was eight degrees Fahrenheit lower than the temperature that the humans die. Yeah, the maximum, which is, that's pretty terrifying, isn't it? That's, sort that's of 50 degrees, getting. isn't it, or something? Is it 50? Right, okay, yeah. hundred and something Fahrenheit, but... yeah. 
Wow. Anyway, well, uh, anyway, th I'm sure you're probably you uh, IRCers and all our chat people in the uh, YouTube and in the IRC and in the Twitch are wondering when we're going to get on and talk about music tech. And I suppose we should really. <laughs> well, we will. <laughs> so uh, um, I suppose actually before I do, um, just keep an eye out. There's some stuff coming up. I've got uh, another five minutes with uh, Chris from Boo, who's done a fantastic little piece on the Artoria Mini Brute, the original. He managed to kind of Although he took it out of storage and he said it was incredibly sticky because we know that that, that, uh, that covering is a, is a little bit susceptible to that. So that was a bit grotesque. I've got the Soma Terra, which I've posted a piece up on our Patreon just as a preview. We're going to be reviewing that. And there's a few other things as well. Um, and also, if you didn't see it, our GearFest videos. Um, we actually went to GearFest at the weekend in Tileyard, GearFest UK, in Tileyard Studios and had... Uh, that was really nice. We got to meet a bunch of people. So if anyone came up and said hello, there were a bunch of people, you know, hello back. I'm glad uh, glad you were there. I think you went as well. Uh, it's, it's great, a great environment for those of you who haven't been before. Um, maybe what we'll do is we'll come back to that because I do have a video from there. Uh, but well, in fact, that I think... The f let's let, actually let's do that one first that's probably the, the key then and then we can talk about it a bit more so let's throw that in there now I, I, I'm pretty sure this is going to work uh, yeah hey Simon how you doing I'm doing very well how are you doing uh, I'm great I'm so uh, you're my first video of this show <laughs> yeah uh, but Morning. Uh, surprisingly uh, this is uh, at sound service MSL though you distribute a number of uh, mm -hmm. Delightful outfit. So you've got uh, Studio Logic, yeah. Zoom, yeah. Uh, but also Icon. Yes. It's a brand that it's a brand that sort of sometimes go below the radar, right? Yeah, but it's a little bit invisible sometimes, but they've got a they're a successful company. They've been making controllers. They're quite well known for their Mackie type controllers, uh, mixed controllers and things. And this year, the new generation's coming out. This isn't out yet. It's coming out in the autumn. So it's a scoop. It's a scoop. It's a brand new. Yeah, interesting. I mean, this seems to be there seems to be a new hybrid uh, set of controllers coming out. We've also got the set. I, mean, I know that uh, there was the UF one from SSL, but this one looked kind of interesting because they've sort of built in like an Elgato Stream Deck into part of the panel, which I don't know if you use an Elgato Stream Deck, um, um, but I know a lot of people do in their workflows just because it's so easy to create custom buttons and have all sorts of uh, interesting actions and things that really help in a workflow that I, I don't know how far you can go with theirs. I'm hoping that you'll be able to actually increase some of those functions, but it, it runs a software layer underneath it. And while it's sort of basic uh, MCU, I think Mackie Control, it's also got like a lot more LCDs and more sort of information coming at you. Uh, this is not out until um, the autumn. I think it's going to be round about uh, eight or nine hundred dollars, from what I recall. I think I got that right. I know um, you're, you, Yoad, you you have you know, obviously a lot of uh, real. Um, desk space in your studio actually in terms of and you have a very small you have a quite a compact uh controller set but in fact I can, can i see is that a personas you've got to your to your hand there is that one of the personas one channel ones yeah so i have um uh, yeah i managed to 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 kind of narrow it down to just the the personas which uh personas which i mainly use for the dolby atmos um so it's actually connected to a different computer which runs SoundGrid. And so all the audio uh, from all the computers gets uh, mixed there. And I have a lot of, it's, it's quite a, a, you know, a complex uh, setup with four computers. So it, it basically serves as the sound card 
of four computers it, it can do oh, eight okay. but at the moment it's it's four some there's one in the in the live room two here three here actually and you know it's just an ethernet cable so it's very convenient but this controls the dolby atmos setup so it's very convenient to to just it's like a master volume it. or you master or volume for, for 12 channels yeah which uh, uh, is uh, is very hard to come by unless you have uh, like something like that um and and i have the bcr 2000 which which you can't see yeah which yeah, controls the... controls all the synths and and stuff um so it's main it's mainly that uh and i'm quite happy with the uh, oh and i have this uh, this yeah. knob i always forget what it's called but it's called knob nob um, and this yes. is really nice because it serves as a, like a mouse hover thing. So you can, and I actually prefer this way of, of working over a dedicated controller because my problem with controllers is that you have to look at the controller, especially if it has a screen. You, you look at the controller and then you look at the screen and then you move the mouse and then it's like too many things to, to focus on. And with this, any, I, I still use the mouse to kind of navigate uh, mostly plugins, you know, because that's where uh, the, the, the benefit of controllers really, really lies. Um, or it could do faders as well, but I can, I can just, I, I use the mouse to just go to the, the knob I want to turn and then I turn it with here. So that's very so one yeah one really high one really high quality knob right yeah yeah and it's a it's a it's a kind of two-hand operation but my uh, my eyes are are on the screen at all times so this is um mm. however uh, later down that video that you started showing he talks about a, a mini version of yeah that's that more like the personas yeah yeah v1 i think it's called um, uh, V1X, V1X, I think. Uh, no, uh, this is uh, really no, P Pico? I yes, I, I, yes, I think it might be Pico. And this is really interesting for me because it has, um, uh, it, you know, it, it, it has a small uh, footprint and it has uh, a few, eight faders and eight knobs. And it seems like it could well integrate with, uh, with the door and stuff um i'm kind of a key command freak you know i can't I, i've been working on logic and and pro tools and i mean pro tools comes with its own key commands which you can't change which is uh you know it it it's good for compatibility so you can go to any studio and it will behave in the same way but my logic key command set is something that I've developed and keep developing over years and years. And I can't, you know, I, it's almost like I don't know logic without the key commands. I don't know. I wouldn't even know what to do if I have to start looking at stuff in the menus. I'm obviously exaggerating, but it's, it's a very integral, integral part of, of my workflow. And to enhance that, I use um, Keyboard Maestro, which is like a quickie. Oh, right, okay. yeah. You can write scripts and key commands and things like that. And I have things like command and one, two, eight, 
will set up an auxiliary, like command one will set up an auxiliary one command, you know, and in the same way, I have all the alt and the number zero to nine will set a compressor on insert two and control and zero to nine will uh, set uh, an EQ on insert three. So setting a mix is really easy because I know I want this compressor and I, you know, I remember which one it is like the CLA to A is two, uh, the Pultec is five and and so on. So Ah, so I know. So like EQ compressor and sends, that's it. I don't have to to scroll through the list and everything on every on every channel and things like that, which makes the work like, and also things like expanding and uh, the what they call it the um, uh, detector, the thing on the side where you see the the, the track information, the, the inspector. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I so you can I, expand I it that, because yeah. sometimes yeah. it covers the the plugins and things like that when you have groups and so things like that. Getting the the new gain region gain um, visual because it's a new thing from the last. Uh, re- most all right, so recent, you need to uh, zoom in on that track and zoom in that region, see the handle. Yeah, and, and all those yeah, all yeah. those things I, I do with with uh, key commands, either provided by Logic, which I um, uh, sort of use and assign the keys that I that I can remember, or with the keyboard maestro. So, in terms of the workflow, it's. It's mainly sorted or taken care of, and right. with this knob and the hovering thing, it's quite self-contained. But I'm always on the yeah, lookout for that. for more ways of you know making it even more sort of easier. Um, that's a really interesting thing. It sounds, it sounds like you've done similar things similar things to me. I mean, when I was using Logic, I would what I would do is I would go to when I was doing sessions for people and I could see that they weren't really using key commands. I would kind of enforce my key commands on them. So I try and build a best a, a list of clients Community. that all use yeah. my key commands and they don't use yeah, somebody yeah. else's. So it means when I go there, I mean now it's quite easy to switch command sets and say, oh, okay, I'll I'll have my preferences in here for this. It's not that difficult. But back in the day, it was a little more complicated. But I used to do the same thing where I would zoom. You had a track zoom, so I would everything would squish so you can move around and then you go that one hit z and the track becomes essentially fills the screen or as much as you possibly could and i was doing the much the same thing well not not the uh, plugin insertion but i think that's the sort of thing that you can really use um the stream deck for and the, I, I think the icon because i've got an icon here as well it's just a little icon nano platform nano which is much the same as what you've got but the pico which i think is the one that he showed i think that's what it was called also has a kind of little grid of touchscreen buttons, which is very much like almost like Elgato Stream Deck built in. And I think if mm-hmm. as long as you can do those key commands and maybe macros, then that would be that could be quite interesting um, that it would power up. Although I suppose if you were using it to power your uh, yeah, so mix, I use the, the so macro, uh, the keyboard maestro uh, program, uh, which can do a lot of things. You know, it has a wait state, so it can wait two processes to, to finish. So I can bounce something and wait till it finished to do this and then that. So you ah. can really write very complex uh, scripts for renaming f- multiple files and things like that. Um, 
and I just trigger it from the keyboard, you know, so, uh, which yeah. is already here anyway. Um, so do you find yourself getting, un do you find yourself getting unreasonably agitated when you watch other people work and they're doing that thing where they're just kind totally. of moving the mouse up to the menu and clicking down and then scrolling all the way down. And then I, I can't bear to watch it. I just think no. you've just wasted so much time. It really makes me really agitated. <laughs> For me, it's all about, um, saving, um, mileage on the, on the mouse. Right. basically to, 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 to use it as little as possible. So to, to go to a menu and to w open it and sub menu and click something is such a waste of time. It's like, uh, you know, it's like life before the scroll wheel button, mm -hmm. you had to go to the side and scroll and then come back and, and, and all that. Um, so yeah, I'm totally into, into, optimizing the workflow all the time in anything I do. And obviously the, the door is what I spend the most time in front of. Um, so I'm curious, um, do you, I mean, the, something like this icon, which has a banks of faders, you can get an expander for it as well. Do you find that you need to write more than one fader at a time? Because a lot of a lot of more old school engineers are used to to multiple writes where you're sort of effectively, mm -hmm. almost like the mix becomes a certain amount of performance. Do you miss, do you use, have used for that sort of thing? Because I know you do a lot of it in the mouse, in, in, in the DAW anyway, but I wonder whether you miss just being able to grab a bunch of faders. Yeah, so I used to do that on, um, on the desk and stuff. And I even um, used to have like a ruler that I could push a few faders uh, together oh. without setting up a VCA group and things like that. And it used to be a big performance. And when I started getting bored of, of mixing, not getting bored of actual mixing, but it's, you know, the, the, the mundane kind of stuff I used to say to myself, okay, I'm going to do the whole the entire automation on this track in eight passes. So I would plan and do this, this, this in real time. And, you know, trying to, to kind right. of, um, so yeah, but when it's offline and when you can just draw the line and if you need to be very creative, you can use one fader or assign the, the control wheel to the mod wheel to whatever the auxiliary right, send. Yeah, and yeah. it's usually you just need one thing to, but I have to say that I'm doing it quite well with the mouse. Um, yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Interesting. I wonder, cause I think people, people like, I, I think part of the, the reason for these large control surfaces is almost to kind of make an in, in the box studio seem somehow more impressive and perhaps more worth more per hour. To hire. <laughs> I don't know. There's an aspect. I think there might be an aspect of that too. Cause when you see those things, you think, Oh, that'd be great. Have all those moving faders, but actually it's not in practice all that useful i find i mean i suppose if you just did something and would maybe recording a whole performance and that was your thing then then maybe that would work but then if you have to go back in and edit any of that it's is it quicker to do it from scratch yeah. part, pit, pit by pit or go in and edit yeah i don't i don't know but it's it's an interesting thing and obviously there's still quite a lot of market i mean i can't make a bunch of these things and now you know this is just the next iteration but it looks like they're taking it a little bit further because i mean it feels like mcu and logic control that's been around for a really long time i mean that's kind of pretty yeah, much 20 years or something 
Yeah, I mean, it's, it, it, and, and I always and, used to find and, it and, uh, I think that that's one of the reasons why Logic, like in Magic, was purchased by Apple because they had uh, some sort of uh, thing with the uh, with the Mackie license to, uh, to, yes. to make the new E, and they, I don't remember the, the, the story, but uh, there was something that, that took too long and their license expired or something like that. And, and hardware, hardware is much more challenging than, than software. You know, you have yeah. to. Absolutely. Well, uh, this is available in the autumn. Uh, and if you are a controller kind of person, it's probably worth checking out though. I think I might have a look at one of those uh, knob things or I have a mouse rollover because I think that would be actually that's quite it seems like quite an intuitive way to work I am going to look at the the micro one which I think yeah. you mentioned in a video is like 299 or something like that without yeah. the screen there's like an add-on screen which is like bridge, the legato yeah. kind of launcher which I'm not sure I need but the basic unit it has a very small footprint and it looks like it it's modern and uh, and it can do a lot so I'll definitely look into that uh, when it comes out. Okay, cool. All right. Well, uh, we'll uh, we'll pass on to another talk. Uh, right. So, what's next? Uh, well, maybe if we go to yeah, we'll go back one because I mean this was on display at the um, at the show which we just went to, which is kind of it's in its second year. Uh, this is Gearfest UK. Not to be because I think Gearfest is a Sweetwater thing, isn't it? That they do in the summer. Um, and Gearfest UK is a separate thing, not 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 affiliated in any way. And it's a great co complex out there. I mean, it's a really interesting space they've got there. I mean, it's somebody uh, they were going. Apparently, uh, the story goes that the investor was going to spend a load of money and just build a hotel on it, but actually they decided they wanted to create a kind of creative hub. So the whole site has got lots of uh, it's got swanky offices and studios and the Tarryard Studios. You can hire out lots of different rooms. I think Ableton have got a place there. Spitfire obviously there. There's a whole bunch of other companies that are in those spaces and it just feels like a really good one of those kind of big creative spaces to do and that's where they run the show so uh, it's good have you been there before yeah i'd always this is your first time to this week yeah i've been there before but um but you know the gear first um kind of stalls or booths were spread around the whole sort of thing so uh, I've never been through every each and every room, but this time, it, it's really nice. Yeah, it's really nice, and there's a good, uh, good sounding room there, which w they they showed the. No, it was just a stereo. There was one room where they showed the focal uh, Dolby ah, Atmos, the, the Atmos system, yeah. which yeah. yeah, which sounded quite nice. But there was another room which was just like a stereo room, which sounded really, really nice. Uh, was that the uh, Augensperger's uh, speakers, the big hip-hop uh, boxes? Was that that room that you're talking about? I'm not sure what was in there, uh, but the room itself was like well built and uh, and sound sounded nice. Uh, so yeah, it's a nice and it's you know it's like ten minutes from from here, so that's very convenient. Yeah, I and mean, the other thing's worth mentioning. I think uh, that the uh, they run um, EMOMs there from time to time as well, so that's worth keeping an eye on. Uh, in fact, if you are interested in viewing EMOMs anywhere, uh, let me see if I can find the place. I think if I press that one, does what happens there? 
Yeah, you want... Oh, no, it's not there. I beg your pardon. It's absolutely no... Uh, I think... Let me see where I can find it. Emon Dates. Yeah, if I press that one. There we go. Emon Dates. If you want to check out what's coming. We're working on planning an Emon in September now. We we just couldn't get one to work before then. But uh, keep an eye on all of your Emon stuff there. So I'm hoping we'll be able to run one in September. We're just trying to finalise the dates on that. Okay. Um, so what's next? Let's go... Oh, well, let's go to this guy. This looks kind of interesting. This is uh, on Kickstarter from Artifon. Oh my god. Like this. What? <laughs> this is from the people that brought you the Orba, which uh, was the little handheld thing which had a little looper in it and a built-in synth. It was quite basic. I think it had a few parts in it. This guy has got uh, 12 capacitive sensitive pads uh, and it looks a bit like a guitar neck. Uh, it's quite an interesting sort of concept. Uh, and it's got a built-in looper. That I, I, I hadn't checked. They launched. They didn't launch that long ago. They've already reached nearly a quarter of a million dollars, which seems to be... I, I, I think this has got to be a great business idea. You basically make a video that's a compelling-looking musical instrument doodah or controller or chord thing, and they all seem to raise enormous amounts of money. So there's a real... They obviously appeal to something in our psyche that won't... that. But for some reason, if we don't play guitar or play keyboards or play any other instruments, we think this somehow will unlock the musical, the, uh, the mu music to us. And it's a really strange phenomenon, this. I mean, this does look quite good, quite sensitive. Uh, better than the, the Artifon Orbit, I found a bit weird. Um, this looks like a lot more playable. It, cert it certainly worked on me. I really, really want it. And I'm gonna get ah. it as soon as uh, I'm gonna, you know, um, uh, support them. And um, there was a similar thing, like similar kind of um, size jam and stick. shape. Was it a jam stick? Is, no, it's uh, uh, maybe the jam stick. I think is a full blown guitar thing. It's like a guitar. Uh, yeah, I that's think, true. I think that that thing was uh, it had like a s soft keys and uh, something that looked like a guitar neck as well and i wasn't so impressed by that but this thing if you know and and i'm sure uh, some of the the videos except for the the guy in the, at the office uh, doing the drum thing which looked dubbed kind of yeah and uh, yeah. the rest of Staged. it seemed real and it seems to have a really nice touch uh, it's basically Osmos on a stick, um, <laughs> That's a great in, way in a way, it, yeah. and um, and the thought of you know being able to strum MIDI is a great, uh, especially. So I I think that I think that what what they're doing here is that they're taking the best parts of GarageBand for iPad which has amazing playability feel, you know, with the strings and the, the arpeggios and the strumming and all that. And the, they're putting it into a hardware which can live outside GarageBand and, and things like that. So it can, it can run anything MIDI and MPE as well. And uh, I think it's really, really interesting 
you know, I, I like stuff like that. That's why I have the continuum yeah, mini. Um, I'm not a pianist, so I don't need too many keys to, to get. I, I just need someone, something to, to allow me to, to use the expression um, in a continuous way. Sort of, kind of like after touch or slides or or right. things like that, and it, it's always nice to have like a chord engine. I'm not sure how how much detail you, you can you can dive into with a with a control software, um, but even well, it's got this has got an instrument you know, built in, hasn't it? It's got sound sources built in. I think uh, it's got a built-in looper. It's got six triggers, onboard synthesizer engine and sample engine, built-in speaker accelerometer i mean so it's essentially like the orba but with in a in a more useful and maybe kind of uh, applicable sound uh ap physical application i think from what i remember with the orba the uh the editor was a little bit shonky it didn't really kind of feel very uh compelling to create sounds on it but certainly as a control i don't know what the resolution is because i mean obviously with things like osmos and the harkin continuum mini they've got very very high resolution if this is working at midi or above then it could be very interesting for that kind of thing uh, i'm not entirely sure what you know they're not they're not specific on a lot of the details but for was it 200 bucks 220 bucks probably going to be what two four nine something uh, yeah 219 or something to for the lower tier which still gets you the product when once it's ready which i think is in november uh so yeah i mean out of everything that i've seen in recent years in that sort of um size or form this is the one that really um, interesting yeah the video was very effective on on myself that's <laughs> interesting isn't it uh, you know that but that, yeah. that we all have cupboards full of these kind of great ideas that actually in practice you find very i mean it has to have the things it has to have is an ease the problem you have with usb controllers is if you want to control anything hardware you have to have something to plug it into and then translate that into something that a piece of hardware will just will will be able to talk to whether that's a midi connection whether it's uh uh you know um a USB connection, and those are the things that tend to stop. You know, you just think, oh, I'd like to use it, but actually, there's something that makes it less of a less more of a hassle to set up. So, if they get that part right, then it's the sort of thing that can well be adopted. I mean, you've got the uh, the continuum, you know, there because presumably that you're not you're using that to play the sounds internally because it's it's very very expressive. So it's a sort of one or two finger thing that gives you a lot of animation without having to kind of without that much friction in terms of incorporating it right uh, absolutely and i wouldn't be surprised if i will find myself using the internal sounds on this uh, little thing because you know the the internal sounds uh, are always really well tailored to the interface mm. so it's like GarageBand. you know GarageBand. if you on on, on ipad i mean it's so playable and when you think about it, yeah, it's, it's the same samples that I have on EXS that I have in Logic, you know, the, the kind of factory samples, but it's, it's the way you interact with it. It's the way you play it that makes it kind of, uh, interesting. And, uh, yeah, it's true. I use the internal sounds here. I try to use it as a controller, but it's not really, uh, 
interchangeable or compatible that much with uh, with yeah, you have to I do a lot of that. settings and and stuff uh, to change a lot of things and to basically tailor the curves and things like that and it's it's too much hassle um, but yeah I'm, I'm I really want one of one of these totally yeah well good i'm so so perfect sales job so there we go we'll we'll see what uh what uh where it comes to in terms of uh um the yeah in terms of in terms of where it ends it's still got i think 27 days to go i think they probably are going to reach a considerable volume there and that's great you know because i think they did pretty well with the artifon although it was considered more as a toy or something to bring people into music so it's very actually very popular for with people with um uh, mobility or eyesight issues because it was it's very tactile and just you know you just bash it and tap it and whatnot but this maybe will make things a bit easier right okay uh, well let's get on to uh what's the other thing well uh, we can't really avoid this because ai has been in the news i mean it's all continuously in the news if you believe all of the headlines we're about to all be uh, invaded by robots who can launch nuclear missiles which i think is very very far from the truth and i've said it before ai is the wrong term to use for this it's basically large language model arrays and you know machine learning very different thing to an actual sentient thing but uh, anyway this is kind of fun this is from somebody called um what are they called there i ruined it which is <laughs> is actually quite apt Kim, when you consider a lot of their videos uh, so let's play it hello i'm not johnny cash <laughs> I'm a Barbie girl in a Barbie world. Life in plastic, it's fantastic. You can brush my hair, undress me everywhere. Some lovely Johnny Cashisms in there. I love that, particularly that low swoop at the end of the phrase. I mean, it's very well trained. Um, and, you know, we've heard these things before. I think Nick Howes in the chat room was talking about Vocaloid in the past. You know, we've, these things have been with us for a long time. But this notion of taking the essence of a, a performer and having them sing whatever you want. And, you know, obviously this is very much in the uh, the, the classic mould of uh, Johnny Cash's backing band, which would be more of your sort of skiffle kind of vibe, I suppose, um, on early rock and roll. It, it, it just seems to work. And I know, I mean, I'm sure to your ear, you know, you, you were hearing kind of anomalies and whatnot, but compared to where it was maybe only even a couple of years ago or less, it's pretty impressive now, right? Yeah, I mean, the big, you know, it's a bigger picture sort of thing. It's not about the quality or what, it's just the fact that it can do that. My only my only problem with that is when they use it for for changing the voices or the lyrics or whatever you want to call it, of, for, of people who are no longer living. Um, which, you know, uh, they can't say whether they like it, you know, maybe maybe he would say wow this is great or maybe he will be furious but the fact that you take out the it it, it seems a bit i i wouldn't say unfair but i mean the, you sent another link of uh, of an uh, like a new oasis album um all sung by like a fake oasis album sung by ai this this is something that I feel more comfortable with because right 
it's a dialogue. They can, you know? you can, they can say, <laughs> oh, this is great, this is funny, or oh, we hate it, or what, or, you know what I mean? At least right. it's, it, they have some sort of uh, way to respond to it. Yeah, I, I get your point. Yeah, I get your point. I suppose I hadn't, I hadn't really considered that, but that is a, that's a very valid point. And I think, obviously, this opens up a huge can of worms in kind of would they, should they, could they, what does it mean? I mean, obviously, you know, everybody's going to be freaking out. And everybody, you know, does this mean that we're, you know, the record companies are poised to, because presumably the, the contracts they've had artists signing for presumably the last 10 years or longer, will incorporate this thing and give them the opportunity to be able to do what the hell they like. Or maybe it's publishing that allows them to do that. I wonder because it's the record. It's record companies tend to own the recordings, publishing mm -hmm. owns the, the 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 intellectual copyright. So I, I don't know how how that yeah. is it going to be. I mean, you're a record producer. I mean, has anyone approached you yet? Say, okay, we've got this idea for a project, and you've said, yeah, no thanks, or okay, I'm up. You know, th th there must be people punting this sort of thing around behind the scenes all the time, right, for actual commercial release. Yeah, I was involved in a project like that. Uh... I think like probably 18, if not 20 years ago, where, uh, of forming a virtual band animated and that, that was way before AI, but yeah, it was kind of similar to the gorillas in a way. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's a very big topic. Uh, this whole thing about, creation and manipulation uh, of, of voices, of lyrics, of music, of melodies. Um, I don't know. I, I'm not entirely sure what I think about it. I mean, it's not entirely negative because you have to go with technology. Technology, I, I don't want to be a grumpy old man saying, oh, it's not mm. real or it's not that or, you know, it is what it is. And MIDI is not real and um, and doing punch, you know, punching in and out on a, on a multitrack tape is not real. So what is? So um, yeah, that's a fair point. The whole what I do all my life is about smoke and mirrors. Like I, I, this is what I do. I produce music. I take something which is raw and I turn it into a product, and I use every means I can, whatever I can, to make it um, to make it a, a great product. So uh, at, at so so far I haven't come across. Uh, something like that or produced a, a fake person or anything like that uh but you know i'm sure I it's uh, it's, a it's of, just yeah. a matter of time uh I suppose the interesting thing is, is um, you know, we're, we're having a discussion. I, I was talking pre-show, uh, just sort of ruminate. We have a, 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 a group of editors and sort of journalists and videographers that get together every once in a while in Bath. And we were talking about AI then. And it was very interesting, this kind of, the, the, what, what one of the theories that was expounded was there will be, you know, you listen to the, the top 10 pop, you know, just say top 10 pop in any country, there's a certain genericism to it. It's generic, it, generally speaking. You know, you do get great works. I'm not dissing pop music. I love pop music, mm -hmm. but there, it, it becomes by its very nature, everybody's chasing the zeitgeist. So they tend to follow like a flock, like a, like, 
uh, like a school of fish, you know, so they all have similar characteristics. Yeah. So it's it's not that far a stretch to kind of go, well, somebody could probably, without a great deal of imagination from where we are now, take it to a situation where, you know, you could produce a bunch of fairly generic pop music that might be acceptable to a certain number of the population. And then maybe, you know, that's the sort of, that's your kind of Spotify at £2 a month where you only get AI-generated music. Then your £10 a month gets you stuff that's made by real humans. And so you get, that you end up with this sort of, almost this sort of, like we have tiered, you know, in, in, in society at the moment, there are these tiers of like, well, if you haven't got any money, this is what you get. You go and shop at Lidl's. If you've got loads yeah. of money, you go to Harrods. You know, maybe we're going to end up in that kind of situation. I, I, I mean, I hope not, but I wonder. If I, wouldn't, I wouldn't do that because uh, I think that a lot of people may go to the lower tier, not because it's cheaper, but because they will like it more. There's a chance of that. Um, yeah. And what you said about the charts and all that is relevant to Netflix as well. You know, you, you, yeah. the, the, there's a kind of vibe, a current sort of trend in, in, and it's also about fashion and, uh, and, and everything. And, and it's always been like that. Um, I think that the problem, maybe it's not a problem, but all these neural networks are based on data that was generated by humans so they're basically re sort of uh, processing that data like johnny cash um and uh, and like chat gpt which basically takes the entire text of the inter of or mid journey for graphics and and all that or music ml for for music um <clears throat> And there's loads there, and there's probably enough to be generated for another hundred years. Um, right. But there will come a point where either it, it could, <laughs> I don't think it will run out. I think it will be able to generate original ideas, original stuff. And that that would be interesting, although I have to say, there's this uh, Pink Floyd Echoes um, YouTube, uh, not YouTube, AI sort of generated video clip. And it's mind-blowing. It's like the most artistic thing I've ever seen. And even the, the creepy stuff in there, there's some like weird images and some, and it's, and it keeps in evolving and it's the most imaginative thing and and in terms of production value to create a video like that by humans will be impossible it's a life work um and and i also spot i know it's a bit far-fetched but some of the images there are so creepy and so disturbing that it's almost like the way of the machine to voice its agony or its, <laughs> right, or okay. its existential misery or something like that. So it kind of throws in some very, very But it is that, I mean, that's, that's the nature of human, human. Humans are always trying to uh, um, project 
um, personality and uh, things onto inanimate objects. I mean, that's what we do. You know, it's like, you know, we do it with pets. We do it with our cars. We do it all sorts. We give them, you know, that's just the nature of us to a degree. So I suppose, you know, we almost sort of feel sorry for the uh, computer when it's working so hard, maybe, or maybe that'll happen in the future. I can't imagine it will. I mean, I think there are some interesting things. There. I mean, one of the ideas of, you know, what, once you get to, once you've finished absorbing the entire creative output of the humankind up to now, the stuff that's then generated from that point on is only machine generated. So then does it just refer to itself and you end up with a kind of evolving loop that has no input? I mean, this is obviously theoretical. I mean, I think we're going way off piece when it's likely, but it, it's an interesting philosophical idea. I mean, when, when I was in Croatia, we went to see the work of Croatian sculpture, uh, Ivan Mestrovic, who, if you've never seen his work, Honestly, check it out. He's one of the most prolific sculptors I've ever seen. You know, I'm not really that into sculpture. We went to his place, he, and it's full of amazing, amazing, amazing work. Some of it looks like, you know, um, uh, Michelangelo, really beautiful sort of sculpture. And some of it's just really visceral and, and weird. Some of it's very modernist. It's some amazing works. And it's just like you can't imagine a computer coming up with the, that variety of stuff. And I mean, it could obviously be as... Um, uh, it could be it be as prolific because there's nothing stopping it apart from CPU cycles. I suppose it couldn't 3D print all the sculptures. So there there is, there are certain things which are going to be much harder for AI to get involved in. I suppose if it's just data and bits, it's easier perhaps. I don't know. Yeah, but is the is it about quantity or quality? Oh yeah. Um, well, it depends you know, who you the ask. The way the way I see it, life is an algorithm. You know, from the very right. simplest kind of cell to the most sophisticated organism, it, they have the same motivation. And once you give that motivation to a machine and the ability to, you know, to produce stuff with, with tools that, uh, that can create art and uh, mathematics and coding and this and that, and it has a feedback loop where it can, <clears throat> I mean, the great thing about, great or not, I mean, the, the big thing about ChatGPT is that, okay, they presented this to the public, but now they can learn from the public, from the interaction what, what they, what, what of humans it, yeah. with this. And that will, that will bring the next big step in the evolution of that thing. And once... Um, once it it is able to learn by itself, which it still already can in, in to a certain extent, but it's based on on biasing and weights and all that, which that there's a, a still a big human factor kind of um, within that whole process. But uh, it's I don't know if it's uh, and then the big question whether consciousness is something that occurs naturally once you have enough computing power like we well, some as people humans. say that that is yeah so, some people say that that is it's a matter of the, how fast your real-time feedback becomes almost it, you know there was an argument wasn't there that consciousness was just a matter of computing power really uh, and that's yeah. an interesting 
approach. I suppose the thing that frightens me a little bit is, you know, if you take a, a large language model and there's algorithmic approach to it and there's weightings and biases, you are still ending up with a sort of mean, a median, a kind of flat surface or a, a, we're, we're smoothing off all the peaks of everything. It was, it was like in the in the 90s when everything was mixed in Pro Tools on uh, Rosettas and they all sounded exactly the same. All that metal, all mm. that new metal stuff just had exactly the same sound and it got really generic really fast and it was quite depressing you know never there was no sort of breakthroughs you'd get somebody who came in and was going sod this i'm not doing it this way i'm going to do something completely different you know and uh, and uh, i mean like people like mitchell froome and chad blake their engineering was much more organic and much more sort of dynamic so it didn't sound all like that and so there's and same with artists i just wonder you know if we if we allow it to go too far then by its its very existence are our ability to discern between what is actually what used to be considered good and high art and things and what is just dirge is going to become reduced because we're no longer going to see the dynamic range in the creative output of humanity as a whole. Sorry, that's a bit of a heavy question, but you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. I think that the, the, the short term solution to that is to is through legislation where where you have to to say to state this was generated by ai so you don't mm. fool people to to think that it's that it's humans uh generate generated um, uh, yeah that's so, a good idea so like, that will like be food labeling. An interesting <laughs> no because if you have uh i don't know uh 7000 likes to this show and they're all humans, that's one thing. But if you have 7,000 bot likes for this show, then it's a different thing. Um, Damn, you've been busted. Yeah, so as long as you come clean and say, okay, this is generated by AI, and then then it's it's like this um, this Pink Floyd, uh, it's not Pink Floyd, but it's Pink Floyd music. It's like that, which completely blew my mind. Uh, but I know it's AI at the same time, so I can appreciate. I don't think, oh, this is fake. This is not. This, how did they do it? I can, I can judge it based on, or appreciate it, or hate it, or whatever, based on what it is. And I think for what it is, and other wonderful things that are created, especially visually, at the moment for me, uh, there's some amazing things. And and but as long as I know. It's AI, and I'm, you know, right. like like yourself. We're technology freaks. So, what's not to like? Right. You know what I mean. It, it's just another step in in that. It's a leap, but um, I suppose yeah, I suppose we, the danger we live is, in, is in interesting interesting times. We do. I I, I suppose the sure. danger is a sort of maybe a final word. The danger is that you know in in the last maybe 10 years music has become commodified you know content has become a commodity it's not judged on necessarily its artistic merit it's judged on its popularity to a degree you know more or less because the media companies the way they were and i suppose the thing is we just end up in a it becomes either everything becomes so much more generic that if that's all we get we won't be able to tell the difference we won't know whether it's good or bad but so i think labeling is a good is a really strong there's a very strong argument for that but even though even so you know it doesn't matter it's like you know fizzy drinks are still incredibly popular and we know that they're really bad for you so you know exactly <laughs>
exactly. Uh, no, that, that's why I said it's a it's a short term solution because eventually mm. it will be all kind of interleaved and uh, yeah, it is what it is. Um, mm, interesting, interesting though. Okay, well, uh, I mean, this this will run and run. I'm sure uh, every once in a while we're going to come up with even more stuff uh, that's going to be surprising and we go... Because, I mean, we've been here before with Melodyne DNA and the things that we could then do and change things that weren't meant to be that way in the original recordings. We've been able to do that for ages, you know, and that's... I suppose mm -hmm. we didn't get too upset about that. I suppose the upsetness is somehow mimicking the consciousness or the creative... the the, the the spark that, you know, sets it off, you know, that feels somehow quite threatening to a lot of people and quite rightly so. Um, but having said that, we've just spent another last 10 years in uh, people's announcing softwares. You don't have to be a musician to make great music, you know, iPad apps, software apps. I mean, who knows? Anyway. Yeah, I think uh, I, I have to say that I that I enjoy um, I enjoy the, the process and I enjoy making tools uh, for musicians or for engineers or namely plugins um, that utilize uh, this technology, but still in a way that it's kind of hybrid. It's not like you're sitting drooling over yeah. the screen and just prompting and that's your creation, but you still have tools that you can say are actually preserving the engineering um, sort of tradition mm. because it's uh, when you when you create a, a prompt, create a prompt. Yeah, when you prompt music ML, then it creates a, a whole song. So the mix or the sound is not separated from the melody, right? Or the chords, or it's one thing. Uh, so, okay, so I would like people to still um, be oh, being able to 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 mix, and Break I and apart, I'm yeah. I'm currently working on a few very interesting uh, projects that will allow people to. It's like a hybrid NI use. Mm. It's not sort of uh, you, one you use solution. the tools yeah. to, to overcome the hurdles the technical hurdles of, of mixing because it's hard for people, inexperienced people to, you know, you have a hundred tracks, what do you do with it? How do you don't get up, uh, end up in the red, like after two seconds. And wh when you want more presence on the, or, or, or the vocal or on the bass or whatever, w whether you bring everything down, everything else down or up or what, and you know, that kind of, of thing. And it's very interesting to, to face this challenge uh, because mm. people are going to, to get more and more lazy, but I don't want them to just prompt. I want them to keep listening. It's important for me as, as an audio engineer to I agree. kind of I mean, maintain well, I, I suppose ju just, just as a counter, we've all been in the situation where we're working with a client who says, I have no technical knowledge whatsoever. It may be a creative for a visual who wants a soundtrack to in a, a you know the director s sort of wafts a few random terms in your direction which are which could be considered to be a prompt if you like and then we have to interpret them in some kind of way and you go back to the go no not like that like this i mean it's it's the same negotiation process except there's a human in between and i suppose depending on whether you're the director or the person who's making the you know translating what they are would you would have a different uh 
maybe uh, uh, opinion on whether AI would be beneficial in that scenario. Yeah, but still, in order to get to that state where the producer can give you, high, or the artist, or the the A and R, whoever it is, can give you like a bunch of high level comments to know how to implement it and even to know how to get to the stage where you have a mix to play to someone. I mean, th there's mm. a lot going on with mixing and I know that a lot of uh, users, um, users, producers, I call them users from the kind of um, plug-in manufacturing hat that, that I wear, um, they, you know, they're, they're having trouble mixing because it's a complicated process and it's a, it's a, you have to, to build it from the ground up and you have to know what yeah. you're doing. Um, so there's still a lot of uh, interesting uh, kind of hybrid solutions yeah. um, to that whole well, I'll, I'll, thing. I'll take that as a positive, I'll take that as a positive and uplifting note to end on. <laughs> Because that, that's yeah. that. I think that's a good. I think that's a good thing. Yes. Okay. Let, let's take that as given. But that's fantastic. So yeah, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks to everybody in the chat room. I know we got a little bit uh, existential there, but uh, you know that's just there's that these things bring up these bigger questions and wider questions. We have to know what we want and maybe how we can deal with these things. But uh, I'm sure we'll be talking about it a lot more in the future. Um, so yeah, what's what's next for you then? Are you, uh, are, you are you going away or are you going to be working from home, uh, working from the studio for a bit longer on an exciting project? So I'm here for the next uh, ten or so days, and then I'm I'm off for some, uh, you know, not too long, um, with Melissa and with uh, my daughter Tia, and we're going to meet. My dad is going to join us, so it's going to be fun. Oh, nice! Uh, but like I said, I'm going to take my laptop with me because that's what I do. That's what I've been doing since you know laptops can could run <laughs> audio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I hope you have a lovely time. And uh, once again, thank you, everybody thank you. in the chat rooms. Uh, it's much appreciated. I hope you've had uh, some food for thought, some interesting discussions. Uh, we'll be back next week. Uh, and, um, you know, now I'm back from the holiday. Uh, don't forget, uh, if you're interested in uh, our Patreon, please join us there. Um, lots more stuff to come. And we'll be posting a lot more uh, over the next few days and weeks and months. Uh, so see you all. I think I pressed this button. Does this button? Yes, there we go. We've only got two up. But thank you very much, Yad. We'll see you all uh, next time. That was Sonic Talk episode 763. Bye for now.